with ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. It is Thursday, September 14th. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, also Twitter or X, whatever they're calling it now. Uh, if you got a question, comment, let us know throughout the show. We'll get to it. I'm excited about today's show because we got a, a good friend back in the studio. He is Mark Yellock, former ECU defensive lineman, former defensive line coach. <laughs> coach, how's it going? Doing good. How you been doing? I've been doing good, man. Been doing good. It's good to catch up. We, we've done a few shows in the past, so I know. Uh, I don't know how, how much you enjoy talking to me, but I at least enjoy talking to you. No, you know anything that's coming with with you, I go. I'm always <laughs> in. You know, when you asked me to do, to do this, I was like, you know what? I got no no problem coming on here and just, just kind of talking talking ball talking and ball. talking talking knowledge. Exactly. Well, we, I, I appreciate your insight over the years you spent. Obviously, six years on staff uh, with under Ruff McNeil, 2010 through 2015, and that was kind of when Hoist the Colors was getting going, and it was always good building that relationship with you, whether it was talking recruiting or talking just uh, football in general, your defensive line, you were always a pleasure to work with. So uh, first off, for those who you know may be trying to uh, you know see what Mark Alock's up to these days, uh, catch us up on, on how's it going for, for you personally. Well, you know, since I left um... – ECU, I went to North Texas, and we um, over there, Seth Latrell was a head coach there, and um, played for a conference championship one time, went to two bowl games, um, left there and went to Vadosta State, that's kind of around the COVID year, and um, so we didn't play that COVID year, and then um, the next year, we went to the national championship, you know, won a conference, went to the net, Division Two national championship, and then, that was a pretty good experience, and, and, and everything else, and, you know, it was just crazy thing about it is just that that area is just so rich with football history and mm-hmm. everything else and it's it's the expectation to win and everything else even at a division two level it was it was really good um and then i went from there and went to mcneese state and, and now that's the present day and you you still want to be in coaching you know going forward for sure yeah although, yeah i think i think that's a that's a that's an avenue that 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 this definitely will be interesting and in everything else as it comes along um just being home is 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 really good right now too for me. Yes, yeah, so what's it like to be back and at least you know taking a little bit of a reprieve from coaching? We've seen each other out at practice. I know in preseason <laughs> camp you're out there a lot, you know, watching it and taking it in. So uh, just being around campus, being around ECU again, man, what's it like? Well, it's always good to be around the school that you, you know, that you went to and 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 gosh, spent a lot of years in. Not necessarily in the sense of just coaching, but in the sense of being a student, being a GA, being a player. You know, all those things that comes into play. Um, glad I don't have the pressure. Yeah, <laughs> you know the pressure of coaching and the pressure of 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 doing all those little things and depending on eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year old kids, um, to do the things that you're asking them to do on a consistent basis, and and <laughs> and that's 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 one of the hardest things in coaching is is is, is be able to do those things, but you know. You love it, you know, and that's things that you do. And I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of these coaches out here right now are, are, are loving what they're doing and, um, in that fact. Yeah, because you were once one of those kids that, uh, that coach was trying to get to do what, uh, what they wanted them to do. You played at ECU. So what, what was that 
I don't know, connection like being a, a player here and then coming back to coach your alma mater? Like, I mean, they always say that's kind of the dream job for you. Was it a dream job as well? Well, you, you know, just, just like with, you know, you, you got a, a couple of examples of that. You got Cliff Godwin is one that, that's, that was around when, when I was in school. And it's just a blessing, number one, you know, and having that opportunity to come back and, and to share your knowledge, to share everything that you have from more of a personal perspective than it is than you having experience. You know, you, if you're coaching it, like when I was in North Texas, I can talk to kids about school, but I had nothing. I had no idea about North Texas, you know, other than the football program. Um, but I can come into somebody's home and I can talk to mama, grandmama, guardian, and I can tell them, hey, I have a chemistry degree here at ECU. It can be done. Um, and here and, and, and kind of be on more personal perspective with kids. And I think that a lot of times that's what that's that's what that's what kids want. And that's what kids um, would love that be able to have that in the NIL money stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into the portal. And I, uh, I want to get your take on all that a little later. Um, for, first off, props on uh, finishing with a chemistry degree, because I uh, I was an exercise physiology major at ECU. I took chemistry one, made it through, but chemistry two, man, I gave up. I was well, like, you this, know what? It's impossible. I tell you, it's, it's a crazy story with this. I went to school and the biology was initially, and no pun intended to anybody who's biology major or anything like that. It's no, 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 no <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> no shots fired. Right. But um, it's one of those moments at ECU, which I've always, I tell the story to the, you know, forever, even to my, to my players. I was at ECU and, and I was, Doing the whole prereq stuff, taking you know biology, taking chemistry, and I had no clue about chemistry and everything right. else. But then all of a sudden, I, I met with Dr. Rodriguez. He was one of the professors that I had over at ECU. He sat me down and he told me that look, you can get a job, um, you being a football, you being a football player, and and the, and the status that you have in that, and and along with you really digging hard and, and majoring in this chemistry and really working hard to do this, you can get a job anywhere that, that you want to get because of the other other things that you have in your corner and and thought about it and that's when I went to it. I wasn't an A student now. Let's not get that <laughs> twisted. But I worked hard and right. I think that I think that's the best that's the most important things these young men need to understand is that is that you gotta see five years down the road um in your career instead of just looking at um next week, next day type concepts. Mark Yellock in studio with us. Good to have uh, Coach back. I'll still call you Coach, whether you're Coach and active Coach or not. You always be Coach. Man, Mark to you me. can just call me Mark, man. That's, yeah. that's, I, I don't, I don't go with titles and everything like that. That's right. just, that's just, you know, that's just a facade. Right. Well, well, I'll, I'll try to call you Mark, but I'll naturally call you Coach. But either way, all right. So you've been out of practice, and you, you know, you've watched some of these first two games. Just want to get your. Your overall take, not, not an ideal start for East Carolina, 0-2. Uh, they've played some pretty dang good competition, Michigan and Marshall, two good teams. Uh, you know, Just overall, before we get into specifics, what have you kind of made of the, the start for the Pirates? Well, first of all, I, I would like to say this right here. Um, Mike Houston and his, and his staff um, has done a phenomenal job of the alumni and, and welcome those guys back from my perspective because all I did was I got in touch with Coach Shankweiler and um, I know some other guys that's on the staff too. Um, and just ask, hey, can I come to practice? I just want to just come and just watch, you right. know, and learn. You know, you always you always open to learn and everything else. And he um, said yes, and I was able to come to a couple of practices and 
That's why I saw you again yeah. um, and everything else. And one of the things that I saw in camp, and this is the ones I, I went to, some of, the, some of the practices in camp, I saw they doing a lot of teaching, a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, there's drill-wise in, in particular. And it was kind of, a, a, a you know, kind of tough. You know, those guys, they banged and, and did everything else in practice. Um, and, you know, it's kind of unfortunate how the season has started. And I'm pretty sure these guys, you know, this coaching staff feel that way. Um and there's a lot of criteria and a lot of things that go with it, right? Um, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm uh, a ECU guy, which I am, but I am a coach too, and so I understand it from that that perspective in that world also. Um, starting quarterback, no matter how long he's been there, he can be there for three years, four years, no matter how long you've been there. This is this is when his first year, where it is his ball, is is his deal, so there's more pressure in that situation, and things are not clicking. You know, you got. The run game is not as is is it's not as much as they would want it to be um, from the running back positions. The, you know, guys are not making the plays where routine plays, just routine plays, and that's what you want to start at. You know, just making the routine plays, uh, and that's not being as consistent as they want. And I'm pretty sure DK and and those guys over there are, are, are feeling the same way. And how do you? I think how do you change that? Do you change that by what you do next week? What you do on this 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 um this coming up Saturday, um, it, I think that's where it kind of starts from. You we were talking yesterday. You made some good points early on when Shane Carden took over the starting job. It didn't look pretty from day one. I mean, it took time to get it going. And really, you look at ECU's quarterback history. Who has come in and just lit the world on fire from day one? I, I don't know. You know, maybe Garrard did early on. I say Garrard coming to, coming to. Fruition deal. I was, and again, I'm, I'm going to date myself here. <laughs> I could, and again, I could but be you wrong. You were on the team, though. Yeah, so. I, was on, I was on the team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was on the team. I think Memphis. Gosh, I can't remember. It was Memphis. We were playing at Memphis. Uh, that's when Garrod. Uh, I always knew Garrod was Garrod. You know, he was on scout team and everything else, and he was just a freaking dude. Um, and I went against him in high school. He was and, about as big as you were playing oh, he, D line. No, just as he was bigger. <laughs> that's the he was bigger. But now he, he he's um. But gosh, it just takes time. You know, it takes time for that to develop, and it, it takes time. And it's very seldom that happens. And again, you have to have your other factors to help him along. So you have to have the defense is playing good against the run. They, I mean, and, they, and they, they have to continue to do so. You're just as good as you are your last game. So as much as we say that they're doing good now, they got to continue to do that um, and continue to get better and get by week by week. Um, take the pressure off of them. You know, and the other guys got to make competitive catches and routine catches. They can't just drop the ball or they got to make routine plays, I should say. And the O-line's got a routine block. And all those things have to come to play in order for one person. It's really easy to hang that guy up to dry on on, on, on on that, because the quarterback is is, is the he's the he's the face of the program. Everybody so sees him. Yeah, everybody sees him. He's got the ball. He's mm-hmm. he's he's the second guy that gets the ball. The first guy's the center. He's the second guy that gets the ball. So and he's the one that controls it and and delivers it to wherever it goes to run or pass. So I think in my in my mind, as he needs to get better, of course. I know DK's going to probably call some calls that's going to help him in his in his process to kind of make easier thought process with him, and I'm probably sure that he's already doing that. It's just the fact of the execution aspect of it has not been there. It has not been clicking altogether. It seems like it's been clunking. You see, sometime in the Marshall game, you saw a little bit of it kind of going, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden something happens. So it, 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 it's, 
just needs to be a little bit more consistent. Football guys need to be on our, on our side a little bit. Right. Come on, God, please. And um, and we we can just it, it can kind of get better from there. And I know I sound like, you know, I don't. It's real easy to freaking hang that guy out to dry and say, oh, but DK can't do it, and just get a portal guy, and this guy's this, and this guy's that. This ain't the NFL. He is what we got. You know, yeah, we can go to the, the second tier guy, and that's fine. But we're not in that room. We're not in the coaching room. We're not in the meeting rooms. We're not. We're just seeing it from the game perspective. But those guys know. The coaches know the limitations on what this guy can do compared to the other guy. And we've both seen. And we don't watch as much practice as the current staff. But we've seen these guys make plays in practice in this receiving course. So that. I don't know. I mean, we've seen Garcia throw the ball downfield oh, in practice. Yeah. Everybody's like, he's got this big arm. Why aren't we seeing it? Like, is it? They're, they're asking me, like, is, does he really? Can he really not throw it? He can throw it. No, he it's can. Just, he's just got to go do it in the game, get that confidence. You know what? Remember, I came up to you on the on one of the practices, and I was like, man. And again, I don't know names. You know, right. I'm still again, I'm still learning. But zero and one and eighty-eight, I, I thought. Those they were making guys, plays. they were making plays and looking. I'm talking about like from a coaching perspective, take the ECU off right. and everything like that. I'm looking at it from a coaching perspective. I thought those guys, you know, flashed. Um, and I can tell those guys without knowing the program, just getting back introduced to it. This reason why I came to practice so I can kind of learn and see and look. And those guys are really doing some things in 30 is a running back. Good. Yeah. And I just learned that he was a freshman. I was like, True holy freshman. cow. And, you know, of course, 47 is 47, um, which is a good player, too. Yeah. And very emotional leader. And, and I, I really like him and his personality and what he brings. And, and again, I told you, the kids work hard. And it's not a lack of, you know, lack of not trying and lack of not doing anything the right way. I think these guys are really working hard in what they're doing. They just need to be a little bit more consistent. So it, it, it's kind of really up to the players to make sure that they can really home in to things and make sure that they're executing at a high clip. If there's, you know, one thing that fans, I guess, have complained about most is offensively they didn't really give Garcia a ton of playing time in the past, even in games that were a little uh, blowouts here or there. So, like, my thing is, like, even though he's been in the program, he hasn't played a lot of these receivers playing as most as they have for the first time. Uh, offensive line's the same way. So, like, from a coaching standpoint, you, let's say you got a guy who's redshirted who has kind of developed for three years. How much – do you kind of know what you have, but also you don't really know until he goes out there and plays a lot in a game? I, I think that there's 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 credit to both of those statements there. Um, and you have to look at it, too. He may have brought something to the table that, and I'm, yeah, I'm not saying he's better or, or worse, but he brought, may have brought something different than what Ehlers, Ehlers right? Mm-hmm. Ehlers, yep. Ehlers had, had, had brought to the table in a sense. Maybe the offense was a little bit slightly different. When him he right. his, him in the game compared to him, I don't know if maybe because of lack of offense, whatever the scenario may be, it's different. So, um, you know, and Ehlers was just a, you know, he was just, he was a, just a, a he was a gamer, you know, just a massive gamer. And um, I remember him back when we were when he was at DH Conley on the tail end of my stay here yeah. previously. Um, but I just think that you don't know until the lights come on. Like Shane Carden, and we talked about this yesterday, you know, and playing the South Carolina at South Carolina at that time. Um, and he, you know, he comes in the game. I think Dominique, Dominique Davis. Uh, so that was Rio, that was Rio Johnson. Rio Johnson. Was it Rio Johnson? Lincoln, Lincoln That's Riley. That's right. right. Uh, Rio Johnson. I was worried about Lattimore enough that, 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 during that time. But, um, <laughs> he was, that was, was a great South Carolina team. By yeah, way. It, it was pretty good. And, and Lattimore was coming back, but you saw some insufficient, and again, I'm, 
you saw how Shane grew. And you talked about his the next, first ever throw was a pick. Yeah, so you you see how guys grow, and and you, and also what you saw is you saw how Lincoln ch- kind of changed how he called it, because pre pre Shane Carden offense was different than Shane Carden when he was there, in my opinion. Now there were some similarities in some places they ran was was universal, but they they kind of geared it towards what the what he can do, and and do it at high clip, and I think that's what now we're trying to search and trying to find. Right. And I think it really starts. You already got a guy who can run the ball. You got two guys that can run the ball. So you got 47 and 30. And you got the receivers who need to, you know, and go and they have, have, and, and have some consistency up front on, on, in blocking, which they do. They got it. And, and, and I think it starts from there. And then hopefully they get to game day, see a big player to feed off that from a confidence standpoint, which I think is missing right now, confidence-wise. Offensively, all right, let's get our first break in. Mark Yellock, former ECU defensive lineman and D-line coach. He's in studio. He's hanging out. We may try to have him on the show quite often this season if he'll, if he'll agree to it. Uh, we'll, we'll, I had to talk to my agent. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Uh, but we'll be right back. If you got a question, by the way, drop it on Facebook, YouTube. We'll get to it, but appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be right back. Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game. Climb aboard as we set sail and hoist the colors. Armageddon! Back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into uh, today's show, Thursday, September 14th edition. we got Mark Yellock. In studio, great to have Coach back with us or Mark back with us. Uh, they can hear these side conversations we have. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, we're getting into it uh, <laughs> off the air, but hey, we'll, we'll take some of it on the air as well. So um, we touched a lot on the offense. I want to get your take on on how the defense has looked through two games, and really, if you could create or erase, which you can't, a handful of big plays they've allowed. They've played pretty well. So, uh, your thoughts as the D line coach on how the defense has played? I think you know they're they're. They do a good job of, of, of moving around and and going to what they do. You know, they're 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 a multiple front defense that does a that does movement and attacking style defense that tries to attack certain areas based upon, you know, film study and everything else that they look at. Um and they have the ability to move around and do some things and I think that's and they're doing a good job of doing that. Um but by doing that you're gonna big plays are going when has Anybody, not you know, saying gave up, give up a big play on Especially defense. Especially this day in college football. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, you just got to make sure that that play is not given up at a at a crucial moment, and you can't make um, unforced errors. You know, face masking, hitting out of bounds, and and got to get off the field on third downs. And I think I think that you only like I said before, you only good as your as your as, as your last week. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some things that they want to get better at. Um, and that just need to, to continue on to doing what they need to do in the sense of, of continuing to go. It, it kind of got away from them in, in that fourth quarter versus Marshall a little bit. I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't watched the film, watched the film. You know, you see it on ESPN, mm-hmm. but it's different when you watch it from right. a coach's film. I haven't watched that, but they, they will be fine because traditionally those guys are doing, and they're going to have to, they, and they're going to have to kind of put on some big shoulders a little bit now. Knowing that the offense is like it is, they gotta they gotta now bolster up a little bit more, and 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 now the errors that they they may have in the past is a little bit looming even more so now because they can't give up big things because of the offense is trying to get back on track. We were talking during the break about complimentary football, and that's always you know a, a saying for every program, but even more so now. 
with the the offense is going to need time. It's no secret to kind of figure this thing out with a new quarterback. And y'all went through it not only when Shane took over the starting job, but in 15, y'all kind of had to do your best defensively when it was Blake Kemp and James Summers, just because realistically y'all knew the offense wasn't going to light the world on fire with Kurt Benkert out with a torn ACL. So yeah, kind of take it, us through that that year and how you can play complementary football to overcome those things. I think the best, and I learned this from, um, you know, I was GA for Skip Holtz his first year here. And also, you know, so I've been here, I've been around for, been around this this program for a while. But my point is that when it comes to complimentary football, it's like this. It's like when you play a team, you know, as coaches, you're looking at that team like from last week to, to this week. You may dig into it more hard this week to play them on Saturday, but you kind of know what the team is going to do on Saturday, right? Or you, you hope that you know. Um, and within the team structure, you know that there are certain strengths and weaknesses within a team, and you also know your strengths and weaknesses as a team, not as a side of the ball. And so that's the reason why I, I kind of cringe when people say, well, we got to find an identity on a particular side of the ball. Well, it really, it's a, it's a team identity, and it morphs each week, in my opinion. That's that that's kind of goes complimentary. So that means if I'm facing a, facing a triple option team that runs, the, um, that does triple option, well, we know right now the offense has got to score. They got to maximize on their possessions. They got to they got to maximize everything. They can't go a lot of three and outs, uh, because if the defense gives up something, you know, what I'm saying they got They're ball control, tired. they could be mm-hmm. tired, or the fact that they, you can be behind really quick, as we <laughs> as, as as I know, um, <laughs> going against Navy so so many times. Newberry, the head coach, for one of my guys, um, but I think that you have to know. That if this is going to be a situation that you're going to be playing against, that the other side of the ball has got to understand that too. So that means that if you know on offense that, yeah, we can get after them on offense and we can score a lot of points and they got a good offense too, then it may be a, it may be a gunsling. All right. Or vice versa. So, I mean, and, and along with special teams. So I think in the, as a coaching staff, we come together and we talk about those things. And under Skip Holtz used to do a good job at that too and talk about how to win games. And how are we going to win it? Are we going to win it on special teams and field position? Are we going to win it on defense? Or do we got to shoot it out? Because, guys, we, we can hope to score them. We just, we just trying to, we can't stop them on defense. We're going to try to get some turnovers and stuff like that. But just, that's what I, my vision of, um, complimentary football is. And it feels like last week ECU tried to kind of play more of a ball control game and win it lower scoring defensively. And some of that has to do with the, hey, you're not going to be able to drop back at this point point, throw it 35 times a game with this this offense and go win a game like that. So it just so happened, hey, they had they had a 13-10 lead. And I'm not saying they're going to approach it this way every week. But they had the ball on Marshall's side of the field with a chance to win, had penalties at the wrong time, and then gave up a trick play, and then it all came crashing down. So it's like I feel like they were trying to play that complimentary football last week. It just – for, for one reason or another, didn't work, and now maybe they, they have to learn from that. Yeah, and, and Coach, the Jason Seymour, um, the D.C. over at Marshall, is a really, really good coach. Well, we work together at Vodasta, and he does he does a phenomenal job over there um, with his scheme and everything else and getting the guys ready to play. He's just a phenomenal coach who's going who's gonna to continue to grow within this profession, I feel. Um, I just think that, you know, you you, you it, it was – it's one of those deals where, like I said before, if you don't get those penalties, you know, you make a play here and there in those crucial situations, maybe this conversation is not 
not as loud as it right. is right now. I'm not saying the conversation won't be there, but the conversation will be as loud. You win that game by three points, or you win that game by any means necessary, by one point. <laughs> yeah, maybe the conversation is not as loud as it is right now. Ruff used to always say, win by one and back on out of there. Exactly so. <laughs> right. Never turn your back on them, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Find a way to win, and everybody uh, you know, everybody can live with it. Uh, let's talk a little bit of App State. I know you, you've kind of looked at them a little bit. That is the game this Saturday, 3.30 in Boone, North Carolina. Tough place to play. Well, we'll start there. Have you been there as a player, coach? And I've been there as a coach. I give you this example. This and again, this is going to show my age a little bit. All right, I, I used to work at Elon University, so that was in the conference. It was in the SoCon. Mm-hmm. So we used to Amani Edwards, the, the guy that oh, was yeah. going against Michigan, and that that whole deal. I was, I was at Elon at that time, but um, but it was cold as on the what up there at the time. We we played them like in late, late year, late year. So it was raining and it was snowing and it was just cold. Um, never could get over the hump with those guys. Um, it's tough to play there. Great atmosphere there, of course. Everybody knows that. Who's who knows? Um, it's going to be packed. It's going to be their second game. I think it's going to be. It's for them. It's not going to be as emotional as it would would be against versus UNC. And it's not a slight to ECU. It's just their mentality is, hey, it's, we're facing ECU. We can beat them. Um, we can play with them, and they they, they have to be right. So so that newness has that newness has had kind of wore off. That same energy they had versus like just like when we were play Carolina back in the day, right. when we would play Virginia Tech or play Eastern State or anything like that. We I mean we juiced naturally goes to another level. Exactly right. And then the next week if we play Central Florida, goes down a little. He's bit. like all right, it's, yeah. it's Central Florida. It's still a good team. But it's not as the we're used to not playing them. Yeah, it's exactly same right. Same type of deal. Same type of deal. Um, and then from a offensive standpoint, we'll start there because I know you, you dove into kind of both sides of the ball with that. But you got a, you got a good scouting report. We'll see how much we can get through. Uh, there, you know, big stretch run, zone run team, play action pass. What, what do you see from App and kind of what they do well? I think they do a good job. And again, they got another quarterback that's in in, in play because the other quarterbacks hurt. A number, um, Aguilera, Aguilar, yeah, he's a starter, yeah. And um, the other guy got hurt first game. You can expect that offense to grow, right? So, the sample size that we saw in versus Carolina is going to grow even more so now because he got another week of practice and another week with, the, with finding out what he can do and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, they're eleven personnel team. They they have these tight ends number eighty one and eighty seven. I think eighty one may be back a little bit towards the end of the week. I think heard he was probably supposed to be practicing on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but eighty one and eighty seven. Eighty one is more of a more of a tight end tight end type guy. Eighty seven is the one they flex out the most. They do a lot of split zone action concepts. They get in pistol. They're getting in, into shotgun and a ball set. When I say ball set, it means that the, that the running back and the tight end, the yo guy. The tight end is off the balls on the same side, and that's when you get a lot of your seal plays. It's like inside zone with with the with the tight tight end sealing on your defensive end on your edge player, um, and it's more of a downhill tight running game. And that's what if you look at the film number five, the running back, that's what he does. Um, he's a downhill running guy. He's fast. He had a hundred some yards it's versus fast, Carolina, yeah. and a lot of it was stretch, right? But a yeah. lot of it's tight end led stretch. So we used to call it zone lead. Right. Um, so that means you had a leading blocker with the tight end. You know, blocking on your either your backer, safety, whatever support play you had at there on the edge, and a lot of action splits on action. And the reason why that is so is because then now you can match protect. So how the split zone action is that the tight end on the snap of the ball goes across the formation, the quarterback either gives it to the court running back who's um, who's going to end up who's going to be positioned opposite to the same side of the split zone as, as the direction that the tight end is going to, and that can also 
get into max protection, deep shots to number eight, um, cross-country routes um, when they go across to, like, number six or 15 that they, 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 they'd like to run. Six six is a burner. He'll Ex- beat you deep. Exactly. So, so, so they, do, they do a lot of max protection-type concepts. Um out of that deal, they, they they got a pulse on what they want to do. They they tried and, and along with the play uh, play action and stuff like that, it gives the quarterback certain looks. It's not that he has to go through a lot of check one, check two, check Pretty three, check reads. four. Exactly, and they manage it. I, I don't know the stats to it, but they probably do a good job of, if they on second and long. They're probably going to run the ball. They try to right. get a more, or try to get a more manageable third down for this young man, so that he doesn't have to play a lot of third and longs. And um, and I think that's that's another key to to them. They, they, they're 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 pretty good on offense. I was going to say if if you can get them in third and long, that's probably like most offenses. But they're not a big drop back passing team. No, though. they're it's not. All, it's they, all built off the run and game. They, really. Exactly, and, and, and it could change. Yep. You know, based upon but our sample size is only two games, right. and really for well, this young man right here is really what. A game and a half. Game and a half mm-hmm. of, of sample size. And this guy's been, and most of the time has been, and he can run. He's a mobile guy. That means he looks to throw before he can run. He will take it on his own read. Um, and, and he's right-handed. So if you look at it, he likes, to, he likes to go to his right side. A lot of the actions and a lot of the play actions, especially if you remember versus Carolina, a lot of the, those run plays that he's running out there. Kind of rollouts, right, yeah. It's to his right. And the naked's to his right. The split zone action when he's faking the number 87 and number 87 leaks into the, into the flats and he kind of either has an option to throw to him or run it it's to his right. Now, I'm not saying he can't go to his left. It's just naturally a guy he's more comfortable to his right. Now, I'm pretty sure since I said it, they'll go to the left. But, um. <laughs> that's how it works, right? <laughs> that's just how it works. And I, and I'm not 100% sure with that either. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, that's just based upon what I saw and again, I, I'm just a, Casual fan now, just spitting some hey, knowledge. They, coaches say the film never lies, so you got to go off the film you have. Yeah, it, the film never lies, but there's there 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 are some um, smoke and mirrors in it too. Right, with uh, with, with App, and uh, also I want to ask you, at least from a coaching perspective. So, their OC, he's he's in his first year back. He was there in 21 when ECU played App. And App beat him pretty good. This is the same defensive staff and now the same offensive staff because he went to Miami as a quarterback's coach, and now he's back at App. His name's Frank Ponce. But as a coach, coach. Well, yeah, when you're going up against a coordinator or a staff you're very familiar with from a previous matchup, how much do you look at that previous game and kind of evaluate that, or do you, do you, do you try not to overthink that? Like, how much do you think ECU is looking back at the 21 game since it's the same offensive staff they're going against? Well, it's not the same quarterback. It's not the same receivers, not the same running back, not the same old line. Um, they may have some similarities in what they do. You know, each each person, like I'm pretty sure Lincoln Riley's still running some same stuff that he was running right. at ECU. Um, so so a lot of that stuff is the same. But what you try to do is you try to control what you can control. What I'm pretty sure right now they're saying that look, we got to stop the pin and pull. If they play a lot of six technique, and I don't know if our defense plays a lot of six technique or not, and I don't think that's going to be a good deal. Pin and pull is when it's like an outside zone when you put the onside. Onside guard, center, right. whoever's uncovered to the play side, and they pull around to an outside zone type concept. Um, they could get ready for the split zones um, and have and have an answer to that. Um, and I think a lot of that's so, – so basically you were about the major plays that you see from that particular offense and that you know most likely you'll see, and pass plays included. I know I'm talking a lot of run plays. There, there's pass deals mm-hmm. and pass deals and pass coverages and situations that you look at. Um but that's I think that's for the most part that's kind of what you do. You look at boy, what he's doing now because you got a quarterback who's a young quarterback and you're right. trying to you, you, you're kind of taking the base plays. Let's stop those. 
let's let's put a hamper on the on the base place so if they're gonna beat you the old cliche beat them with twenty percent you know whatever that that saying goes but you don't want to get beat with the with with their with their their fast the bread balls. and butter yeah, yeah. The bread and butter uh, Destry on YouTube says any university would be fortunate to have Mark he's a great example of what ECU and the football program is all about. Hope he finds his way to the pirate staff again. So hey, you got you got some fans out there. Yeah, well, you know I appreciate it, but you know it's it's in the Lord's hands, and whatever he he has for me is what he has for me. So, so I'm just I'm just blessed to to have an opportunity to kind of just kind of stay around and learn and and you know go through go through some stuff and process and 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 go from there. It's kind of see it on a different side, you know, and and, and it's kind of refreshing too. Yeah. Um, being away from it for this year, it kind of kind of that's. You can't say rejuvenate, but what it does is it, it, it kind of, kind of lets you see it from a different angle. Um, cause you know, when you're coaching, you only see your scheme, you see your scheme, you see your scheme. And, and then you're so deep into you're it. You're so deep into it that, that sometimes you get, you, you, you can't look at other things, but, um, but no, I, I think this is a, this, I mean, this, this opportunity right here. And that's the reason why I want to, you know, Love talking to you on, yeah. on, on the deal and love watching. God, I was watching film and watching the stuff. It's almost like I was game planning for this deal. Yeah. But, um, but uh, it, it's, it's a good deal. I appreciate the, the, um, the compliments. Absolutely. He's Mark Yellock. We'll get our second break in. We'll come back. We'll talk a little more App State as well. Maybe just talk about the state of college football in general. It's crazy these days. Uh, Mark Yellock in studio. You're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. All right, welcome back. It's been a uh, fun show already. The time's flying by. You got some cool graphics on this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our production team doing a great job, man. I have no control over that, so I, I just sit here behind the mic. So I just I just line up the great guests like Mark Yellock. What? Hold on now. <laughs> you, you, you're kind of selling yourself short a little bit now. Yeah? You think so? Oh, man. You do a good job over the years, man. Well, I appreciate it. I, I've tried uh, you know, building good relationships with guys like yourself, man. That's what it's all about. That's you know, This business... So obviously, getting paid, whether it be to coach sports, talk about sports, you can't beat that. But to me, it's all about the relationships, man. It's like getting to know the people, uh, the players, the coaches, man. That's what it's all about. You know, I, I, when you say that, I see that, that NBC commercial back when we were growing up and that little rainbow star oh, across. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can see that, too. There's no That's doubt. a great statement. I hey. can't say nothing behind that. Right, exactly, man. Well, <laughs> Hey, we talked App State's uh, offense, the stretch, the play action, everything I like to do. What do you see from App on defense when you look at the film? They're three fourteen, um, and and they really play with number eight. I think he's maybe out. Yeah, I think yeah, he's uh, Harrison, Harrison Harrison from from he's from, uh, torn ACL, so he's done for the year. Yep, torn what? Yeah, torn ACL again. Yeah, second time. Dang on, man, he was a good player, a really good player. Yeah, he played he played more to the field. And um and, and they he was a captain for them too. Big that, loss for them. Yeah, it was a big loss for them. They played with number ninety and number fifteen, which is a another outside linebacker. And they run a three four concept. Um, they play they, they try to match it up with with man a little bit more. Um, their 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 boundary safety number four, I think it is. He's pretty good. He's been there yeah. with them for a lot while. And they got number two, a transfer guy. Um, and they got um number twenty three. He's the green. Um, it's so another safety. Um, yeah, twenty three is uh. Gosh, he's a safety that they have. This, yeah, that's that, I, like a Magazoo, like a Jackson Green. Yep, yep Green, which which I think he, he's a pretty good player too. Fifth year player. Yep, yep. fifth year player. A, tr- a traditional App State guy in a sense, and I don't mean that to be negative. I mean I mean that in all, you know, saying respect, support yeah. and respect. 
Um, they're three four. They do a lot of movement. The number seven is another linebacker that's pretty good too. Um, and I think that they they move a lot and they move to create four man fronts. Um, they don't play a lot of just straight up three four concepts. Um, they do. A, they got some good rotation with the D line. Sometimes they'll bring in them a twenty nine or twenty six or twenty nine. I want to say I want to say twenty six. And he'll come in at the nose guard position and kind of he's more of a disruptor type guy on um, on certain situations. It, it's not a rhyme and reason what down he comes in. I think when they're doing a lot of movement concepts, they're always trying to create bear with it. So when you're playing an eye front, one of the biggest things is that you're saying that, look, you're not going to run the ball inside. You're not going to run inside zone. I shouldn't say run the ball inside. That's, that's, a, that's, that's not right. You're not going to run. We're trying to deter you from running inside zone. Okay, because of the body positions right. of, the, of, of the players. So what they've been struggling with so far is the outside zone concepts and with moving and everything else. So you tend to, you know, as I know, because I'm very familiar with this type of defense, um, everybody, every, every piece has to move in the, in the right way. And that's the reason why you see the first-year coordinator, so probably figuring some things out. Yeah, but they've been running the same odd front yeah. for years, even though he, he's called the same principle-type yeah. concepts there. They just, but but they they do a good job. They play physical, just like App State is. I mean, there's no weakness in this team in the sense of physicality. Those guys play hard. That's just what the App State way is. It's always been that way. Um, I just think that you know they're three four and, they, and they, they're gonna mix it up. I think that ECU's got to do a really good job, especially the O line has to really do a really good job of passing things off and understanding what what the um how you would pick up on your blocking versus run and pass. Um. They'd like to bring 90 off the edge and 15 off the edge mm-hmm. to the boundary. He's always a boundary guy. Um, maybe somehow, some way that ECU can get in. I, think, I, think I, can't, I can't remember who's the backup for number 80 is. Maybe ECU can find a way to kind of pick on him a little bit on the, in, in man coverage type deals and try to single him out. Um, so, and, and try to single up on these linebackers too, 56 and I think it's 56 or 30. No, it's 33 and, um, 33 and seven. Um, and and see if we can get some some matchups against those guys, especially with number thirty on number seven. I, I, I like, I yeah, like that. get that man in space. Yeah, get that man bars. in space. Yeah, exactly. Javius Bond, uh, freshman. So yeah, you look at the numbers and look. I don't know how much when you watch the UNC game. Obviously, they got the big passing game. They got the quarterback Drake May, going to be a top pick. But how much of of UNC's success came because App was defending the pass? Or was UNC just better running the ball even with that? Because they're giving up six yards to carry through two games, which has to be something ECU's looking at. Well, <laughs> it's because of the movement. Yeah. You know, they're getting washed um, up front, App State is, and they're giving up big big chunk of yards on the outside zone play. And they give up multiple of those. And, get, and they give up multiple ones. I mean, the running back um, that's from, Hampton. from, from yeah. Clayton got 200-some yards. Yeah. <laughs> On, on like 16, 20 some carries. That's crazy. Nine yards, nine yards, nine yards point, whatever right. pop. But, um, I just think that, I think that they, they got to solve that. That's something that App State's got to worry about solving. And I think that's something that ECU should, should, should really look into. Yeah. Um, you got two good running backs. Um, you kind of take the pressure off the quarterback a little bit. Um, it can probably set up some other things that you got. You got number 80 as a tight end. Is it 80? Yep, it's a tight 80, end. Shane Calhoun, yep. and, and you can get him involved. I know he has limited touches. This, this. And yeah, again, I don't, claim, I don't claim to be a coordinator, an offensive coordinator, anything like that. So, so I'm just going off of just the things that right. you see. But Carolina, but see what happened to Carolina is they, they let a lot of third down long situations happen to them. They, App State 
got a lot of third and long situations from either penalties or making the play that kept drives going. And and UNC was like, heck, if we can run the ball, we can shorten this game up, but let's run it, you know. So so I think I think that's what was going on. It's always interesting to me because like. If I was a coach, you see an issue on film and you're like, you want to attack it, but you know that other team is like, we got to fix this issue. Like, you know, App State all week is just hammering. We got to fix outside zone run defense or we got to get our guys moving in the right direction. So what's that balance like where you know, you see a weakness on film, but you know that they're trying their best to fix it. Just like if you had a weakness on the D line, you'd be trying to fix it. Well, yeah, exactly right. But then if I'm an opponent, I'm going to say, Hey, you're going to have to show me. Show me you can stop it. Right. So I mean, like I, I would used to, watch film and see line stunts and if a line stunt was consistently getting through um on a particular team you're doing it i'm doing it (laughs) you know i'm 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 implementing that and most of the time it's some of the stuff that we already was doing but it's one of the things that you always implement to see if they fix it and they do it on offense you think that they don't have a particular coverage that they do and if they know that we're in this particular coverage and and they can run this kind of route or scissors routes or or seven cut or whatever and we and that's going to be open they're gonna bleed you. They're gonna bleed you to death with that, you know. So, so no, no, you you attack weaknesses. He is Mark Yellick. Let's get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. Uh, any final questions? Drop them now. We got uh, Brandon Carr on social media. Says, "What's up, Yellick? Good to see you." Oh, that, that Preston Carr. That's his son. Yep. yep. Yeah. We we play we play ball together. Absolutely. So. Roxboro, Person County. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> the rock. He, he's a good good uh, good guy, Brandon. Is. All right. We'll be right back. We'll uh, we'll, ta- or we'll finish up the show on the other side. Final thoughts uh, as well. Uh, you're listening to Hoisty Colors, 94.3 The Game. Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hi, welcome back. we got a few minutes left with Coach Mark Yellock on this Thursday, September 14th edition, two days out from uh, App State ECU. Just wanted to... Talk big picture college football with you, coach. We got a few few minutes left. This portal, man. It's uh, how how much have you dealt with it? At, you know, between North Texas, uh, Valdosta, oh. and McNeese, and it's a way I, of life. How, how do you find the balance with it? Well, you know what, it's a way of life. It's based upon what you need, right? And what the portal is is that it allows you to be able to get a guy that's that's, that's ready made. You know, what I'm saying and that's been through a college program, um, that's been in the college weight room, has heard college talk, who's been in college classes. Um, that's the difference between that and JUCO. JUCO is that they don't have this, the weight, some schools don't have the weight training um, that that a other school may have, and and um, and some schools do, some junior colleges do, um, but it's an easier transition. But I always preface this as this: somebody else's trash is still trash. So that means that you know just because this guy transferred from whatever this school does not mean. That he's gonna to come to your school and be a be a top tier player. It's a it's a big risk now, and plus two when you're recruiting a guy, you can only recruit him at a certain time of the year. JUCOs, I'm pretty sure they're talking to JUCOs now. Uh, yeah. If they are talking to any JUCOs, I know in the past you can talk to JUCOs from now, you know, from spring all the way through, you know, and, and so you get a lot of time to know who this person is and then get to know the personalities and everything else. Portal's like a week or two now. Oh, Portal is, is that unless you recruited the kid out of yeah. high school and you have some type of per- personal relationship with them, you don't know. It's a grab. It's, I mean, you, you're, you're guessing, and you and and it is. And here's the crazy thing about it: you're betting on him to be part of the seventy that you travel with, right? You know you're what I'm saying? You're not bringing a portal guy to Exactly. You're not bringing a guy to redshirt him. You're bringing the guy to be a factor. And that's a risk. And again, that makes, that's a huge risk. And, um, I think, I think the, 
the portals got romanticized that you can just go in there and just dig your hand in there and pick out your great, great guy that's part of your program and he's going to do this, this, and that with you. And that's not always the case. Um, out of five guys you may bring in in the portal, two or, th- two or three of them may turn out to be the ones, that, and that's being generous when I say that, may it turn out to be a guy that, sh- that, could, um, that could produce for you. You can't, to me, at least at a school at ECU, you can't sustain program success off the portal, I don't think. Maybe if you're at Colorado like Dion is and you can recruit the top-tier guys or you got the big NIL stuff, you can get away with it. But here, isn't it always going to be about development? you got to retain, develop, uh, you know, and supplement maybe with the portal. And maybe I may sound like a dinosaur here. Um, this program has always been about work, toughness, taking it. Yeah. Not just having it given to you, but take it. And it's always been about that. And when from, gosh knows, from the players that were before me and before them until right now, that fabric has never changed. Um, and when people when people try to change that fabric, that's when they get into in, in the problems. And Mike Houston understands that. Um, and, I, and I can see that in practice already. And I, so that's the, that's the thing. You can't sustain it with that. You can use it as a, as a supplement. You know, it's like you're taking your vitamins, right? You know, you can take your vitamins, um, but it, it'll help your body. But it ain't. It, it's you still got to eat food in order to, you know, right. sustain sustain nutrients and everything else. Uh, I got about a minute left with you, Mark. When you look at Saturday's game, what's the the big key for East Carolina? Like, what do they have to do for the most part to, to stick around and have a chance to win this game? Complimentary football, number one. Play with some energy going into hostile territory. Protect the edges on defense. They run outside zones, a lot of perimeter-type plays. Um, con- confuse the quarterback zone reactions with mesh calls and, and attacking him. Don't let him just be able to, to know what you're going to be doing, spilling or, or, or boxing it. Get the run game going on offense. And guys, just make plays and make competitive plays. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I think that's how you got to do Control the game. Robert on YouTube says, should we be running plays that use apps defensive aggression against them, like screens, bubble draws, play action? Do you feel like that's uh, a, a recipe for success potentially? Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's good. I mean, and again, I think that it, you have to also know what type of offense you are, and if you have that in your in your in your game right. plan, you know, um, screens and draws are always good against pressure type deals if you catch them in the right situations. A lot of the a lot of the movements they do and are not necessarily blitzes. They're just movement. Right. They're just four man movement. So does that? I call it blitz when you blitz in five guys. Yeah, five or more. You know, bringing so, an extra guy. Well, Mark. Exactly. This was fun, man. We'll, uh, I tell you, we'll plan to try and get you on Thursdays if your schedule allows. This is, uh, throughout the football season, or at least, uh, most weeks, man. This was awesome. Man, I am honored to be here. Well, I appreciate that, man. (laughs) I don't know if you really mean it, but, uh. No, I do. No, no, seriously. It's always great to talk ball and always good, good to be around it and, and, and talk with you about it. You do a really good job for this, for the program itself and for this community. Well, I appreciate that. He's Mark Yellock. It's great to have him back. We'll keep him part of the show moving forward for sure. All right. We got to get out of here tomorrow. We'll have former ECU tight end Joe Sampson. He'll be back in studio. Oh, yeah. We'll be making some game picks and uh, so much more. We'll talk to you then. This has been Hoist the Colors 94.3 The Game. Go Pirates. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 94.3thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere.